Praise the Lord, everybody. Isaiah 32. Isaiah 32 and verse number 20 tonight. We want to dive into the word of God. Appreciate you coming on a Tuesday. I always am a firm believer that revivals that we have are typically Sunday to Wednesday, sometimes Sunday to Thursday, but real revival is Monday and Tuesday because these are the two days that are not part and parcel of our typical day, week, I should say. And so we come to the house of God on these days. And these two nights is where I try my best to put the most in. There was a hiker that was thirsty for a drink of water but could not find water until he came upon an abandoned house. And there he found a pump and proceeded to pump this pump with all the strength that he had remaining and no water came forth. A bit frustrated, he tried again and yet no water came and he looked over and saw a small jug with a cork at the top and a pencil note directing that the small amount of water that was in this jug be poured into the pump, the pump to prime it. And this man, dry, this man, hungry and thirsty and weary, thought to himself, that's ridiculous, I'm going to drink this water. But then he decided to obey the penciled note. He poured the water inside the pump and began to pump the pump. And to his amazement, water came gushing out of this, this pump and he drank that water, refreshed himself, and after he was refreshed, he filled the jug back up with a little bit of water and set it to the side, and then he added to the pencil note that was left for him, and he says these words, believe me, it really works. You have to give it all away before you can get anything back. Isaiah 3220, I want to try and tap into this thought tonight from the word of God with you and uh, see what God would help us with. One verse of scripture, blessed are you who sow beside all water, who send forth the feet of the ox and the donkey freely. Father, we thank you. Tonight, God, for your word and the truth of it, God, I am asking you, God, please arrest our hearts. God, we need wisdom tonight. God, we need more than man's wisdom and understanding. We need wisdom from God in this time. Help us as we navigate through this time and this season that we are in. God, give us incredible wisdom. May your word Have that wisdom which we need right now. And may it not be just for this moment, but God, for the moments that are yet to come. Help me, please, oh God, to speak your word. Carry it beyond my ability. Bless this people in Jesus' name. Come on, can you say amen? Beside all waters. Consider with me tonight the feet of the ox and the donkey. Malcolm Muggeridge said, faith is... A form of knowledge that transcends 
the human intellect. And that is so true that you and I have to obtain a faith that reaches beyond our human logic and our human reason. Hebrews 11 and verse number 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand the worlds were framed in the word, by the word of God so that all things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. The Bible says, um, by it, by it. This implies uh, that this was something um, that they could grasp. That this was um, tangible to them. That these um, utilized um, a kingdom tool um, for building their lives. Um, that these used um, the unseen to obtain that which was seen. That their faith um, was not something elusive. It was not something escaping them, but rather it was something very real, something very close, and their entire life centered, orbited, operated by it. Faith's biblical definition, substance of hope, evidence of unseen. With that in mind, I want to pick through our text and see how you and I can apply the feet of the ox and the donkey to us today. Our text, blessed, in verse 20, blessed are you who sow beside all waters, um, who send out freely the feet of the ox and the donkey. Now there is symbolism here. An ox and a donkey of two different temperaments, two different strengths, and these two uh, literally being combined together for a common purpose. Um, this is biblically not supposed to be. Deuteronomy 22 and verse 10, he says, You shall not plow with an ox and a donkey together. Some scholars concerning Isaiah, some scholars state that this means that the Jew and the Gentile will literally be working together in the great harvest of God, that they would have no contention, that there would be no bigotry, if you would, that it would be something like the black and the white working together. Come on, somebody. It'd be like the Mexican and the Puerto Rican. And we can go through a litany of literal cultures working together for a common purpose, a common desire, the plans and purposes of God being fulfilled. It's a possible illusion of Paul the Apostle and the Macedonian man, or Peter and Cornelius. That these aren't to be together, but they're together. That these aren't to be speaking with one another, but they're speaking with one another. And there is a common theme, and it is the desire of God in heaven to reach and save the lost. That you will see a soul for a soul. 
that they will see a man or a woman for a man or a woman without bigotry, never mind culture, never mind ethnicity. They will send forth freely their feet to work together for the common cause of Christ. What a glorious picture of our fellowship. The feet of the donkey and the ox have labored and labored and at state at this moment, 3,000 plus churches, all of them, as far as I can say, would be diverse all over the world. You got African feet with U.S. feet. You got Mexican feet with Puerto Rican. I knew a Mexican who went to Pioneer in Puerto Rico. You got Asians with U.S., African in Australia. You got Mexican, you got Chin Lee sending, you know, Native Americans to China. Folks, this is incredible. You got African and Islander. This is God being undeniably glorified by what has been accomplished when men and women see beyond all the differences and, 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 and see um, one thing, and that is God and see God saving and God glorifying and God building his church um, through his children. That's not what I'm after today. <laughs> Our text says, who send out freely the feet of the ox and the donkey? This is a manner of sowing seed, mainly rice. It was done by casting their seed upon water. This is the reference and the understanding and backdrop of those that the writer was writing to in Ecclesiastes 11. One, cast your bread upon the waters for you will find it after many days. Barnes writes, cast thy seed upon the waters and when the river overflows the banks... And the seed will sink into the slime and the mud and will spring up when the waters subside. And you will find it again after many days in a rich and luxuriant harvest. This is speaking plainly of the practice of sowing rice in eastern countries. You have to place the bread, the seed, upon the waters. Bread being sustenance. Bread being provision. He says, cast that upon the waters. And then he says, after many days, after you have cast that provision, after many days you will find that same provision multiplied back to you. Barnes writes again, some interpreters not unreasonably understand by bread the seed from the produce from which bread is made. Seed cast upon the fertile soil flooded by the early rains would be returned to the sower in autumn in large increase. So we must have an element of faith at work to cast your bread and wait for it expectantly. To cast it upon water. The thought is, when that water that is there recedes, that seed that you have sown would, 
would sink down into the slime and mud. And that which we never thought could produce anything. That which is at the moment wastelands and marshland would then yield a generous harvest of grain when that water subsides. That's why the writer states boldly, cast your bread upon the water early rains and you will find it again. After many days, the autumn harvest, you will. Our text says, who send out the feet of the ox and the donkey? This is the tilling of that soil. This is the labor required before the harvest. It has to do with having faith to cast your seed upon seemingly impossible odds. Again, cast your seed upon the water. 11.1 of Ecclesiastes. Listen, water can be extremely unstable. Speaking of this, God says of Reuben through the mouth of Jacob, prophetically, you are unstable as water. So he says, cast your seed upon something that can be so unstable. Who knows where this seed is going to end up if I throw it on the water? It's Elijah and the widow of Zarephath. Give me a cake. First, now listen, folks, odds are against this widow and her son. They're not stacked in her favor. Life says, don't be foolish. Eat that last bit for yourself. But against the odds, as I know you know the scripture, she believes the word of the man of God and she casts her bread, literally her provision, her seed upon that water. And what happened was a miraculous harvest that states these words in 1 Kings 17, 15. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry. It's miraculous. It is the farmer that the psalmist was referring to in Psalms 126, verse 5. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He will come, or he who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Why? Is he weeping as he is sowing? Possibly because his lot doesn't look very favorable right now. Maybe because he is taking today's provision and casting that upon some tempestuous waters. 
Maybe as he sends out the feet of the ox and a donkey, he has in his hands the meager leftovers of last year's provision. And at this very moment, the needs of his life say, use this for you have need. Use this because your children have. Use this because today you're hungry. Use this and everything in life is saying it. And he knows something that oftentimes we don't. I have to. So this. But the promise of God says he shall doubtless come again rejoicing. One moment he is weeping, but he says that, um, as the scripture says, weeping may endure for a night. There is something that occurs, this miraculous transformation. He doubtless um, shall come again rejoicing. Why is he rejoicing? Because he has multiplied blessing from that sowing with tears. Paul, picking up that imagery in my mind, says these incredible words. He says, the hard-working farmer must first partake of the harvest. That this is his portion, the blessing of this. But in order for him to have this, he must first sow. And oftentimes, sowing is with the remnants of what we have left over from the previous year's provision. So he sends out the feet of the ox and the donkey by faith. He prays for increase and prays for rain. He prays that, oh God, may I find this again after many days. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, this too is against the odds. It's your pastor telling you like the hiker in the story, trust me, you have to give it all before you can get anything back. It's your pastor saying to you and saying to me, listen, I know this is hard to understand, but you have to tithe anyway. It's your pastor saying, if you want to receive, you are going to have to let. It's your pastor. I know it's hard for you to understand this, but you have to forgive anyways. It's your pastor. It's telling you, listen, I know it's hard to come. I know there's tears. I know it's painful. I know, but you have to sow that love anyways. It's your pastor saying, listen, I know your time is is congested. I know the struggles. I know the difficulties. I know you're going through the ups and downs. But you have to come and sow your time in the house of God anyways. It's not easy. And all of life screams at us in these moments. I don't have, I don't have time. I don't have love to give. I don't have money. I don't have and everything is saying, listen, whatever you have, hold it. But if you don't sow, you will not experience the miracle for yourself.
See, Abraham Lincoln said faith is not believing that God can, but that he will. So before casting one seed, we must send out the feet of the ox and the donkey. That's why the that's when the water is still covering everything and we can't see below the surface. Well, that's what sending out the feet of the ox and the donkey does. It is an action of faith. What it is doing, it's their legs go into the soil and press down where you cannot. Their feet and their legs agitate underneath the the surface of everything. Adam Clark writes it like this. This exactly answers the manner of planting rice. For they sow it upon water. And before sowing, while the earth is covered with water, they cause the ground to be trodden by oxen, horses and donkeys who go mid-leg deep. And this is the way of preparing that ground for what you by faith are going to sow. So you send them animals out to do this labor by faith. And this does what you and I cannot. It prepares um, underneath the surface um, for what we by faith are throwing on to that surface. That's what makes swampland fertile. Right there. So all that in your head. Let me talk to you about timing. Windows of opportunity. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1, to everything there is a season. And every and a time to every purpose under heaven. It says in verse two, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what has been planted. There are times that must be observed as a farmer. You don't plant in certain seasons and time that certain things at wrong times because the climate may not be right so then you sow your seed but you waste it you waste the bread you waste the provision you have to sow at the right moment paul said redeeming the time for the days are evil he means buy up every opportunity Purchase every moment you can. The thought is um, to purchase every opportunity, uh, buy up every moment of the proper um, season. Listen, folks, please, please, uh, you have to sow in the proper time. If you sow in the right time, if you sow in full season, you reap maximum benefit. Genesis 1 states that God created everything. And in that creation, when he began speaking of the fields and the plants, he said whose seed was within itself. Its life is within the seed. And if that seed is not sown in the right season, it will not be able to produce nothing. Are you guys with me? There are seasons for sowing that seed. I'm telling you, those seasons will not wait for the farmer. They'll continue on with cruel speed. There is a season that must be taken advantage of or else it will continue to move on. And when the seed is finally sown from that part of the season on, that seed will begin to do what that seed is created by God to do. It's possible tonight. 
that we cast seed after we've studied the waters. It's possible that we cast seed after we've listened to all the reports, after we've calculated all of the risks. And it's also possible that half of our season for sowing has passed. And then I declare to you what is possible and what it will be is we will not reap a full harvest. Ecclesiastes 11.4 says it like this. He who observes the wind will not sow. That there is a season to sow forgiveness. I hope you're hearing what I'm saying. Some of y'all keep just preaching on money. I don't preach on money in revivals, folks. I think it's eerie. You listen to what I'm saying. I ain't just talking about money. There's a season to sow forgiveness. There is a season to sow care. There's a season to sow service. There is a season to sow in your resources. And if you miss that, it is not good. How many know the offering basket already went around? It's not coming back around until next service. It's a season that came and gone. Hello, somebody. My wife planted some cucumbers. She's turned into an incredible gardener she's always planting and growing something she's she planted some cucumbers and unbeknownst to her she did it at the wrong time the season in Arizona was too hot it's different in Arizona and so they grew like every other time they grew they got big and you know she took them off and started cutting them up and tried to eat them and they were nasty and the reason why they were nasty is because they could not produce correctly it was the wrong season they were very bitter they are not edible you know if we calculate everything how will they respond if i ask them to forgive me if i give in this offering then if i sacrifice my time then if we calculate everything too long we can calculate ourselves right out of the season to sow right into the wrong season and then nothing happens or it doesn't yield what we were expecting, and then we get all frustrated. You know, the ostrich, with its head in the sand, is just as blind to opportunity as it is to disaster. Jesus, he said in Mark chapter number 4, some seed fell on hard soil. Hard soil. You know, folks, that begs the question, the soil couldn't be penetrated with the seed. It did something... Why is the soil hard? You know, and it's easy for us to blame circumstances. Oftentimes, the soil is hard because we haven't sent out the feet of the ox and the donkey in their proper season. You have to understand, please hear what I'm saying. The blessings of today's provision. It's directly linked to yesterday's sacrifices. Tomorrow's provision is directly linked to today's sacrifice. It is directly linked to sending out the feet of the ox and the donkey. So that being said, you and I, we can hold what we have today. And be okay. But tomorrow will judge you for it. 
You can hold up what you have today. But tomorrow is coming. And it will judge you for it. This is the way of life. Don't go to work for a week and watch how short your check is. I'm not trying to be funny, folks. I, we understand this in this realm. You know, one of not, uh, does anyone get paid in advance before you go to? No, because you won't go to work. No, you got to go off to work and spend hours working and laboring. That's the way it is. And at the end, there is an expectation from what you have been sowing, time, energy, effort, giving, love, time, working, and, and being there and tending to, there is an expectation of more being rewarded back to you for the work you have done. That's how life is. The moment we cease to send out the feet of the ox and the donkey, from that moment, our bread begins to diminish. This is why pulling back is never the answer. This is why pulling out of ministry is not the answer. This is why ceasing, ceasing to sow in your finances and your, your giving is not the answer. This is why ceasing to offer and give your talent and give your love and give your words of care is not the, it's never good. See, some quit sending out the feet of the ox and the donkey in so many arenas of life. I can just snatch one from out of the thin air. Some stop sending the feet of the ox and the donkey out in your marriage. And today, your yesterday's provisions getting low and there's some troubles brewing. Hello, somebody. You got to understand that it's not about quick gratification and instant reaping. It's all about seasons for sowing and opportunities that are always present. You know, every opportunity has a season to reveal itself. It has a time to blossom. Jesus, um, he said it like this, give and it shall be given to you. The season to sow is when we are giving. This is the season. That is the season. And then there is a season for that to be given back. Give and then there is the reaction from what has been given, whatever that might be. It will be given back. But how is it given back? Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And that, beloved, is not just money. We love using that for money, but in context, that is in benevolence. That is in our care and our words and our love to a brother or a sister or to a person. That is that you're giving this, and then in season, it is going to come back multiplied, shaken together, pressed down, and running over. Full reward of the opportunity comes when we take advantage of the full season to sow in it. Say, what do you mean? Well, when you're offended, don't sit and calculate how it is. Know what the scripture says. Forgive. Boom. Hello. We're offended. We forgive. Lest we give place to the devil. No, we sow forgiveness immediately. Why? Because, man, I'm not going to allow that to sit in me. When you're, the offering plate goes by, make up your mind. It's not going to go by without me putting something in it. 
There's an opportunity to sow your time and your care. Then, man, find what your gifting and your talent is. And then in that season, sow it. Don't, well, I don't know. I, you know, I, got, I don't know if I can do it. No, 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 no. Sow it. Cast your seed beside the waters. That's what the scripture says. Okay, okay. So, so you, can, you can wait if you want. But I declare to you, when the waters recede... And that ground that should have been worked is now open to the elements, and it has not been worked. You can sow your seed there, but that's how the ground is hardened, because we didn't live beforehand by faith. Faith's definition, evidence of things not seen. Well, then that portion doesn't become ours. Is anybody with me? We hear other stories, but we don't have our own. It'll be challenging to get what you're expecting later in life if on the forefront we're not willing to do the work by faith. So let me close with beside all waters tonight. Blessed, it says in our text, are you who sow beside all waters. The blessing is directly linked to sowing, but sowing beside all waters who send out the feet of the ox and the donkey, who grasp the entirety of the season, the time to sow the seed, who cast bread upon the waters by faith, who don't regard the wind. He said, blessed are you who sow beside all waters, all waters, our life's content. One man said, life is not a matter of extent, but content. Not possessions, but content. That which is the substance of our life. In life, there is a tendency to regard the wind. There's a tendency to sow when the skies are more fair, when it's more favorable for you and I. There's a tendency to fish from the same fishing hole, to stay with the comfortable. And this poses a problem because we tend to grow in some areas of life. But others remain very immature. This is how some can excel in one area and have other areas of life totally underdeveloped. It is much easier to sow on your job. It's much easier to sow among friends, brethren. It's much easier to sow in the presence of your pastor. Than at home with your wife, with your kids, and with yourself. It's easy to sow into another man's life and another man's field, words in season. But to sow into our own. You ever notice how much easier it is to encourage others to trust God in an area you know very well you are struggling to trust God in yourself. brother just believe God but yet inside of you you know 
you have a handful of seed and you're still looking at the weather. The blessing is linked to sowing upon all waters. Every area of life. Our blessing comes when we cast the seed upon water. Send out the feet of the ox and the donkey now. And when the waters recede, we are blessed. Because something happens that you can't make happen. There is a harvest. There is the multiplying. Listen, please. God's ultimate purpose for all of us, no matter who you are, his ultimate desire and purpose is that you and I may prosper in every area of our life. Not just on the drums or behind some mic singing or on the keyboard, but every area of our life. Every arena from our parenting as we ministered last night to our marriage, uh, to our job, uh, our mind, our home, our, our children. Listen, God's desire is that we would be blessed. Third John chapter 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Prosper in all things. And then he says, just as your soul prospers. That means there is emotional health there. That means the will is subjected to the will of God there. That means the intellect, the intellect of man is filled with the knowledge of God and the purposes of God. He says, I want that person to prosper in all things. It's the desire of God. This is the desire of every pastor that I know. To see everyone in the house of God, everyone who names the name of Jesus, everyone, no matter who they are, white, black, Mexican, Puerto Rican, Chinese, Korean, it doesn't matter, whoever they are, that they would all be those that prosper in every area of their life. Every curse that had followed like a shadow be broken. Every arena where there was heartache and pain and lifted and the blessing of God upon every single one of them. That's why we as pastors pray for you. Witness to a man just recently, and today I was on the phone with him, seemed like a two-hour phone call, and what it was, at the end, I said, brother, I need you to recognize that the blessing of God is linked up to my prayers for you. He's trying to figure out how all this good is happening. I'm saying, brother, that's because people are praying for you, man. We're praying that you would prosper everywhere you have failed before, everywhere you have become so short before, everywhere there had been so much darkness and so much heartache. We're praying, God, you would bless. This is the goal. God, bless them in every quadrant of life. From marriage to job, parenting, ministry, relationships. Let your children be blessed. Jesus said you're in the world, but you're not of it. Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. 
God desires to make us the head and not the tail. Folks, this isn't just quotable stuff that sounds nice. It is the desire of God. Luke 2 and 51, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Oh, that that would be our portion because that is God's intent for our lives. Listen, not to be useless marshlands that could be, but no, that we would be those that are blessed. Our text says, blessed are you. Blessed are you. Blessed. Do you know what that means? By definite, to be envied. The Bible says in Malachi 3 that he will make you a delightsome land, that all those would look upon the land and say, man, look at that. It used to be, but today, look at it today. That is the blessing of Jehovah Jireh. That is the blessing of El Shaddai. That is the blessing of a God who said, I am for you and not against you. His desire is that we would not be pressed down, but you and I would not be under, we would be above all waters. Every arena of your life, not just one or two, but all of your life's content, blessed by God. Every area. Jesus said to an oppressed people, They were bound under the Roman Empire. They could not seem to get ahead. They're heavily taxed. They're cruelly treated. They are subjected. They are oppressed. They are enslaved. And Jesus comes on the scene and he said, I have come to give thee life and life more abundantly. That is to a people that desperately are looking for blessing. God, I want that in every area. All waters a refreshing flow of God's glorious grace and power in every arena of your life God of all sufficiency how many want that tonight two or three of us seriously you don't have to even respond how many want that ask you do I even want that folks you gotta grasp by faith the need to send forth the feet of the fox and the donkey freely Without speculation, well, I don't know, you know, no, send them out without doubt. Don't regard the wind. Don't waste time when it's time to sow. Sow. And simply allow your faith to operate so that we can be part and parcel of what the scripture says. By it, they obtained our faith. God, you said it. I'm going to believe you. And then we just sow. And God does what only God can do. And when the days go by and come back, here we are rejoicing. Our families, our mind, our lives, our marriages, our resources. There's no tension and, and, and all this bickering and hatred one with another. No, no, no. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. We are rich in every arena, not just money, folks. It's not just money. I know some rich people, they're not happy. It's not, they can't keep their marriage together, can't keep their kids from being stuck on drugs. No, 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 no. It's not just money, folks. It's every area of life. Every area of life. All waters. Where, oh, where is there a need in your life to have that 
refreshing flow of God's provision and blessing. Where? Let me read this one more time and then I'm finished. Isaiah 32 and verse 20. In the Amplified Version, it says these words, Happy and fortunate are you who cast your seed upon all waters when the river overflows its banks, for the seed will sink into the mud, and when the waters subside, the plant will spring up. And you, you, you will find it after many days and reap an abundant harvest. You who send safely the, the fourth, send forth the feet of the ox and the donkey to range freely. You, you who say, God, I'm going to believe you. And I'm going to sow in season. He said, you might be reaping or weeping when you're doing that. It might be painful. They hurt me bad, but I'm going to sow. Forgive. It, I'm, I'm going to do it right now, and I'm going to sow it. It might be where you're doing it with tears, but I'm telling you, he said, you will doubtless come again rejoicing. And there is going to be the reward of an overflowing, pressed down, shaking together blessing where he says, he says, he says, he says, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I'm telling you, folks, I long for that. God, help me to seize the opportunity to sow in season. Come on, bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. Oh, God. Oh, God, help us right here, Father. Help us right here, oh, God. Father, we need you. We need you. I pray, Father, the favor and blessing of God upon your people. Father, even when it gets dark in the world, there's a promise if we dwell in Goshen. There's a promise from God that there will be light, there will be health, there will be blessing, there will be provision in the camp where you are. Father, where you are, where you are. I am asking, oh, God, help us right here. God, help us to live our lives by faith. Forgive us, oh, God, forgive us for allowing ourselves moments where we have resisted sowing and frustration or anger and disappointment bitterness of soul god where we can't seem to put two and two together father where things lord we just we we we, we pull back but yet god even in the pulling back the season continues it doesn't wait for us to get it right help us god please you got to help us here, Father. You got to help us here. Remember, oh God, that we are but dust. I pray bless your people. You're here tonight. You say, Pastor Pinnock, Pastor Chase, I, I need God to forgive me. I've, I've done wrong. I'm not happy with who I am and where I am, and I want to get my heart right with God. I tell you, God loves you so much. It's, he loves you. All over this place, as men and women have come from brokenness, and God has put the pieces of their life back together. All over this place, we each have our own testimony where we were fractured, and God took a broken individual, and God did what only God can do. He puts us back together again. God, I need you to forgive me.
I've said what I shouldn't have said. I've gone where I shouldn't have gone. If you're willing to forgive me, God, I'm asking right now. I'm asking. The Bible says, then come and come with words. God, I'm sorry. And God will forgive you. You say, preacher, would you remember me in prayer? Can I pray for you, please? Just raise your hand. Slip it up in the air right now, my brother, my sister. Anyone at all. Very quickly. Only appeal right here. This is it. This is it. Raise your hand. Very well. I'm not going to re-preach the message. Where? Where tonight? Do you need to sow your seed? Where? Some, you have handfuls of seed from seasons past. It's better to get something than nothing. Some, you have seed you haven't sown in forever and you're demanding blessing from God. Friend, it doesn't work like that. There's a miracle that transpires. We sow that seed, but in your hand, it's not going to work. You have to release that seed. You have to. Time, love, care. God, make me fruitful, but unless you involve yourself, it's not going to happen. God, bless my marriage. Well, unless... You begin to sow seeds of righteousness within it. You can forget it. God bless my finances, but you're not tithing and giving. How can, how can you even ask him to do that? It's linked. But you don't understand. I do understand. I was a single worker, four kids. I do understand. The challenge, the dip. I know the heartache of agony. I know what it is to hold anger and bitterness. I know I've written many sermons from it because I write from my experience. I'm telling you, I know, and I know the damage that it does. And I know how I cannot prosper. There is no blessing when that is us. We fabricate it and say, look what God has done. And we know it wasn't God. But there's a blessing, friend. There's a blessing. When we sow forgiveness in the midst of the pain and agony. There's a blessing when we sow love and we sow care. There's a blessing. And it's always, always much greater than what we have sown. It is always much greater. And then comes the rejoicing, the relationships, the blessings, the financial stability, the mind. And we can go on and on. Where, oh, where? Do we need to cast that seed? I ask you to stand with me all over this place. God's after beside all waters. He wants our life to be a blessing. God wants to point to you and I and let this world see. That's my son, my daughter, and then we'll have something to say. I want you to come. Find a place at the altar. We're going to pray together in just a few moments. You come. Take some time and pray. Come on.